Today's episode is brought to you by Troll Brothers Quilt Designs. Troll Brothers Quilt Designs is a Canadian online quilt shop located on picturesque Vancouver Island, British Columbia, focusing on today's modern fabrics and trending designers in the quilting industry. Stacy, owner of Troll Brothers, provides you the best online shopping experience and personalized customer service to bring you the fabrics, patterns, and notions you are looking for. Check them out at trollbrothersquiltdesigns.com. Thank you so much, Troll Brothers Quilt Designs. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 166 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we're talking about building an e-commerce apparel business with my guests, David and Holly Lesway. Holly is a quilter. She runs Maker Valley, a brand for creative makers, quilters, and sewists, where she designs graphic quilting and sewing tees, writes quilt patterns, curates custom quilt kits and fabric bundles, and designs enamel pins and stickers. David is a graphic designer. He runs Stately Type, a collaborative t-shirt brand, where he designs graphic tees with the help of his social media followers. Holly and Dave Lesway, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us on your show. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, well, I have to start by saying that I have a t-shirt that I absolutely love, and it comes from your company. It says Thread Happens. Oh, I love that one. Do you know that one? Okay. Yeah. And so it says thread happens on the front. It's blue. And then it has these white lines sort of drawn willy-nilly all over it that look like pieces of thread. And that if they weren't there, would be there for me anyway, because they would right. actually be pieces of thread. Um, and I often, you know, go to pick up my kids from school with actual pieces of thread all over my clothes anyway. Um, right. And so I saw this shirt and I was like, I have to have it. It totally represents <laughs> me. And I wear it all the time and love <laughs> Love it. So um, I've been a fan of what you do for a long while and think that your um, shirts and pins are just super clever. So I'm excited to hear about your company and how you've built it and grown it over the years. Um, so congratulations on being really clever. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love that shirt because it, yeah. it reminds me of camouflage for quilters. It's kind of like... <laughs> Because right. they've got the threads on their shirts anyway, right? Exactly. Even I, like I don't quilt, but because I'm around Holly, right. I, yeah. I have those threads all over my shirt anyway. Exactly. Right. And I also make stuffed animals. And so I have um, like polyfill, like fluff oh. all over me too. So it's not just the thread. It's like that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm covered in that too. But anyway, yes, I like that cam- camouflage for quilters. But um, so, uh, so I am going to dive into hearing about your company and kind of, I do want to start with sort of what it is that you do right now. So 
we can give people a picture of, of what it looks like who have, maybe haven't checked out uh, Maker Valley and Stately Type yet. But before we do that, I want to kind of check in with you because we are in a, a, a state of the world right now that is just unprecedented and, and feels really strange because of the yeah. coronavirus. And um, I know that you have four daughters and um, I have three and everybody's home and isolated. And I just wanted to, to hear how you're holding up. <laughs> Lots of chocolate. Right. Um, yeah, it's hard. It, it's, it's a weird time, especially to be running a business. Um, right. Talking about our business, selling, you know, promoting our business feels a little strange right now with everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's like this industry, people, like for me, sewing has been and creating has been something that's kind of kept me a little bit grounded. Yeah, I'm very therapeutic. And, and, yeah, it has been, ther- well, it's been therapeutic, you know, throughout the whole time I've ever sewn for different reasons uh, and events in my life. But especially now it feels like it's it's a little bit of normalcy for me to do some sewing. And so that's been nice. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that maybe feel the same way. And so at least our company can still offer something to them with, you know, um, some fabric for selling some fabric or whatever, but it also feels weird to, to try to try to sell in this climate. So it's, it's definitely a mixed bag and we have to kind of talk ourselves (laughs) down sometimes from spinning out a little bit about it, about all the uncertainty and, and try to be like, um, grounded for our kids too. We don't want to be freaking out and then they will just feed off of that too. Yeah. So Yeah. Which is hard to do. I did find myself freaking out slightly earlier today. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, in front of the kids. <laughs> so <laughs> just going to admit that, um, it's, I'm not like, you know, completely solid, um, because it's, it's just hard. I mean, I have my moments, you know, and I think right. we all do. And I do try to be, you know, completely cool headed, but it's not a hundred percent. I'm just going to say. And, yeah. um, so yeah, it has been. It has been interesting to kind of see some sort of silver lining in all this, though, because at least for us, I mean, we are going a little bit stir crazy being at home with our kids. But in general, it's nice to slow down a little bit and not have dance practice and violin, you know, like for the girls. Right. To I do just really love the slowing down, like spending more time at home with them. And then it's everyone like it's not just our kids that are we're not having participate in something like that. So. Like as a mom, I'm not feeling any FOMO of like, oh, she's not in the class and with all these other kids her age. And, yeah, you know, so it's just it's nice to have that forced break of nothing on my schedule feels great. And yet my days still fill up and are super sure. busy. It's right. really ironic, actually. But. Yeah, I know. I do feel that way, too. I like don't have enough time. Weirdly. Right. Yeah. So, OK, well. Um, I know that listeners out there are are hearing what you're saying and um, nodding their heads about all of it. So, um, you know, thank you for sharing, sharing that. And um, sure. yeah, absolutely. So so that being said, we are still going to jump in and kind of talk about your business and and um, and kind of carry on the show as usual. But I but I really wanted to make sure that that we acknowledge what was happening in the world at the same time. So right. um, so I thought that was you know, certainly an important thing to do but um but I do want to talk about about your company so um so 
can if you kind of start by giving us um, kind of a tour, like what is Maker Valley and Stately Type right now? Give us um, a snapshot of like what do you produce? Uh, what does it look like? What kind of you know where are you? Are you out of your home? Or do you have an outside space that you're using? How many employees do you have? Is it just the two of you? Are you full time, part time, that kind of stuff? And and just kind of give us a, a sense of what what the company looks like. Sure. Um, so Maker Valley, it's it's primarily Dave and me. Um, sometimes we corral our children into helping us. Yeah, um, we call it the family farm. <laughs> we have all the kids go over to the warehouse and they they ship T-shirts and count inventory and just do do some work for us. But yeah, primarily it's it's Holly and I. And we have um, yeah we have an we have an office space where we keep all of our all the fabric that I have been. Um, buying wholesale because I started um, creating, curating, and 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 cutting and selling quilt kits, um, and so I started buying fabric wholesale back in what years? <laughs> 2018. Well, let, let's give kind of an overview really quickly. Like, so uh, Maker Valley and Stately Type are two separate brands. Maker Valley um, we started out as as apparel for quilters and sewers, like like you right. mentioned at, at, at the beginning. That's kind of primarily what we've done. But and what you're Holly's talking about right now has been the most recent addition. Right, we've added some things over the last few years. But yeah, it did start off. It kind of broke off of it was like a branch of stately type that um, we started. How many years? I don't know. Six. <laughs> I was going to say four. <laughs> we have no concept of time. It's been a number of years since Stately Type started, which was a, an, a which is an apparel company. Yeah. And we, um, do you want to take this part since it's kind of your? Yeah, yeah. So we brand. started with Stately Type. Uh, let's see, it was 2014. January of 2014 is when we launched the website for Stately Type. Uh, it started out as state T-shirts, you know, California, Utah, Washington, just graphic state-themed T-shirts. Uh, since then, we've branched out, and we, now we. We do a lot of different things. I call it a collaborative uh, T-shirt company because we collaborate a lot with our followers on social media. So we'll we'll pick a theme for the week, like uh, we'll say it's California Week, and uh, all throughout the week uh, I design different options for California-themed T-shirts, and I have my followers on Instagram vote on the or give me feedback, give me suggestions, and then at the end of the week they vote on the design that they like the most. Typically, I do four designs for the week. And then the, the design that has the most votes at the end of the week is the one that we actually produce and we take pre-orders for it and, and sell it uh, to to our followers. Um, so that's been really fun. And then a couple of years into Stately Type, we did a quilting-themed week and that week did so well. We sold more in that one week than we sold our whole first year in business as, as <laughs> Stately Type. So we started thinking, I wonder if we should do – I wonder if we should focus on – Quilting apparel. But here's proof of how kind of slow we are and like clueless a little bit because it still took us a, a, a while, like at least a year, yeah, maybe more, I can't remember, to spin off that as a brand of its own right. and, and create Maker Valley. And so once we did did that, um, we've been able to, to do a few more things with Maker Valley as well. Yeah. So we've, we've done some enamel pins and some stickers, and I've written a few quilt patterns. And then, like I said, some quilt kits um, for those quilt patterns. And um, I, I just love it because I feel like we're, we're – with Maker Valley specifically, we're satisfying a need that's out there. Like there is this tribe of quilters and, and the people who sew, and 
there isn't really, you know, like if you're into basketball, Nike kind of gives you everything you need to outfit you, you know, to show that you're a member of that, that tribe. If you're into skating, there are companies, you know, like, like Volcom that kind of sell you everything you need to show that you are in that tribe of skaters. So for quilting, like there wasn't really a lot out there for that. And I feel like we're filling that need of like, I'm a quilter and I want to show the world that I'm a quilter. And so a really good way to do that is through graphic t-shirts and sweatshirts and raglans. And even, well, maybe even more than showing the world, it's like, because quilters, we get together and we, you know, we go on retreat and we have sew days and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, or we're at home sewing and we want a comfortable t-shirt to put on with our sweats or yoga pants, then it works really well. So it's been, it's been really fun to do. Right. Okay. So I want to backtrack a little bit. So, um, David, Dave, do you go by Dave or David? I wasn't sure. Uh, sorry, Dave. I, if anyone calls me David, I feel like I'm in trouble. Okay. It's almost always Dave. So you're a Dave. Okay. So you, um, you said that with, um, stately type, you put out these four designs. I'm just going back to this sort of collaborative, um, model. So you put out these four designs and then your followers on Instagram kind of give you feedback throughout the week. And can you explain first, how are they giving you that feedback? Are they just typing in comments? on each of the four designs or is it some other way um yeah so it's it's comments i'll i'll put the when i design like the first design of the week i'll do a an instagram post that's just that design and i'll say what do you think and so everyone will will write comments uh kind of telling me what they think about it i'll also include it in my stories and i'll I'll ask them there so people will send me dms as to what they think about it um i'll do polls as well in my instagram stories so kind of thumbs up, thumbs down to, to just get a, a feel for what people are, are liking. Sometimes I'll do a couple of different color options and I'll do a poll, thumbs up, thumbs down on, on which color they like the best. Um, I try to make it really collaborative for, for two reasons. Like one, I really want to know what's going to sell the best. Like I want to know what what to produce. And a lot of times my tastes don't align with, <laughs> um, the, you know, the broad kind of uh, taste uh, for from our audience. So I just, I want to know what they want to buy, basically. And then the other reason is, I, I think it makes our brand sticky. I think it makes people want to come back when they feel like they... They have a part of it. Yeah, a like a, a say in, in what's being produced. Okay, so they're giving you that feedback on each of these, let's say, four um, concepts for, let's say, a California-based t-shirt. Um, and then you said at the end of the week, you're having them vote. And so are they all voting between the four or are you narrowing it down? Uh, I have, I typically have them vote between the four. So I'll, I'll do a post, which is just like a grid of, of four images that shows each of the four designs, A, B, C, D. And then I have people in the comments vote for the one that they want the most. So vote okay. A, vote B. And they, the idea is that just pick the one that you like the the best. And then, uh, and then we, we get hundreds of votes. Sometimes we get thousands of votes and I have to go through and manually count all of them. So that's a fun part of every week. Um, but I, I need to figure out a better, more automated way to do, to do it. But, um, that, that just tells me like where, what do people want to buy? So I don't produce something that isn't going to sell. Right. But at the same time, you know, I, I just remember, and I'm not, I'm not even going to try to quote it, but you know, Steve Jobs, 
is famous for saying that like people don't know what they want. You know what I mean? Right. I, I know that right. I, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. like you have to give people something that they don't know what they want. Um, and, and like that was what he did with the iPhone, right? Like nobody could have said like, I want right. this like flat computer like in my pocket. Right. But um, when he revolutionized the cell phone and made the iPhone, people were like, oh my God, once I saw it, they were like, that is what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so do you ever have that where, you know, sometimes you ask people what they want, they say they want it and then they don't buy it. And you're like, what? But you said, you said you right. wanted the orange one and you, you nobody right. bought it. You know, do you ever have that? Um, typically, no. Typically what, you know, what we've seen is if, if they're voting for it, if they're commenting on it, if they're saying that they love it, then, then they do that, that the one that, that like we've done weeks where we get a lot of interest in all four and so we print multiple instead of just one. Typically, it's just the, the one that wins. But sometimes we do all of them. And in those weeks, we've seen that the one that sells the best is the one that got the most oh. votes. So the, it does match up pretty well. But you are right. Like I, we, You definitely have to do both, right? Like there is definitely artistry that goes into it. I can't at every step of the way ask them, what do you think about this line that I just drew? What do you think about you know, this particular thing? Like we – we pick a theme and then I, I, I ask for ideas and things, but then I go and I design and I'll design like, as I'm working on concepts, I'll design 10 different things that I never even show my audience because I, I know it's not good enough, right? Like I, I, I'm not proud of it, so I'm, I'm not going to show it to them. Um, but then once I have a concept that I really like, I, I do want to know if that concept resonates with people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So you've kind of tested it when the times have come when you've printed all four and then seen that indeed the one yeah. that got the most yeah. votes was the one that sold the best. So right. that is and interesting. And sometimes we'll, we'll produce an extra one because it's one that we love personally that but, we want, but it didn't get the popular vote. Right. And so uh, a, a few times we've gone, but I this is our company. We should be able to produce the one <laughs> that, that we That would be want. what I would right. want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then you did say that you take pre-orders on the winner. And that's interesting to me because one of my questions for you, um, and I've talked to a few people who print t-shirts um, as part of their company. And, and one of the things they've struggled with was managing inventory because t-shirts come in many different sizes. And, um, and so, you know, you have to print all of these t-shirts in all of these different sizes, and then you have all this back stock and, um, you guys have so many designs. And so I'm just imagining, um, shelves and shelves and shelves of each design in so many sizes. And so I do want to talk about how you're managing inventory, but first, um, talk about the pre-order process. So how are you? then going from the winning design to the pre-order process on Instagram. What, what is that? What is that conversion? How are you making that conversion? Yeah. Um, this has been something we've experimented with quite a bit. Uh, early on, we thought, you know, the more inventory we have, the better because <laughs> um, it's just future sales. But what we found is, you know, our audience is only so big. Uh, we're only going to over time. We're only going to be able to sell a certain amount and you know at some point we're going to get to the point where it's just we've we've saturated our our audience right like they there isn't any more demand for for this particular product uh based on the size of our current uh, audience so we, we have made a couple of mistakes early on and, and we do have 
for some of the designs, there's some inventory that's been sitting there for, for a while. But what we've learned is we typically we do the pre-order and let's say, you know, we sell, um, let's say we get a uh, hundred orders for a particular design. We typically will produce about 120 to 150 percent of of what we sold in the pre-order. So let's say we we sold we sold 100 in the pre-order. We'll order 150. Uh, we'll ship out the 100 that sold, and then we have 50 in inventory for future sales. And we know with that ratio, like we will be able to sell them within the next year. Um, and so that that's typically how we do it. The inventory and the different sizes that you talked about. That is definitely a headache. That's probably been our biggest challenge in our business is mm-hmm. just managing inventory, uh, keeping track of everything. I, it, <laughs> we didn't know any better because we started with T-shirts. Um, but, yeah, now that we do other products that don't have right. six, six different sizes, we're like, oh, this is so so nice. Right. Enamel pins come in one size. Right. <laughs> right. So nice. So right. much easier. Yeah. I know. I sell enamel pens. They're a really easy thing to sell. I have them in two colors. It's great. Um, Yeah. That's a really easy product. I'd like to take a minute now to talk about our sponsor, Troll Brothers Quilt Designs. Stacey Wilson is the owner of Troll Brothers, and she's proud to live in Canada and support other Canadian-owned businesses, as well as American and Australian designers. Her online quilt shop features products from popular designers such as Allison Glass, Juicy Juice, Tula Pink, and Sarah Diddy, as well as Canadian products from Geeky Bobbin, Art Ease Company, Third Story Workshop, and more. All transactions are processed in Canadian dollars, and all fabric is cut in meters. The benefit of ordering in meters is you receive an extra four inches in comparison to a yard. They cut at 40 inches, and a quarter meter cut is 10 inches. Stacy's shop is located 45 minutes north of, British, of Victoria, British Columbia, which is a two-hour ferry ride north of Seattle in an area otherwise known as the California of the North. Troll Brothers also has Juki home sewing machines for sale, with the top seller being the Juki TL2010Q. There's also a variety of other Juki machines available at Troll Brothers, including cover stitch and sergers, as well as parts and accessories if you need those. The reason Stacy decided to sell Juki machines is because of the reputation that they have of being a workhorse sewing machine. And she has sewn on a Juki for about six years now and loves the simplicity of the machine its durability, and the ability to sew through multiple layers of fabric with ease. Stacy also enjoys highlighting Canadian quilters on the Troll Brothers website by featuring a new quilter each month in a special section of the site. So if you are an amazing Canadian quilter, please get in touch with her because she would love to hear from you. So, find Troll Brothers Quilt Designs online at trollbrothersquiltdesigns.com. And if you'd like to do some shopping, Stacy has a coupon code for you. Enter the code PODCAST15 to save 15% off your order now through April 13th, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. So, enter that code PODCAST15 to save 15% off today. Thank you so much, Troll Brothers Quilt Designs.
And now back to my conversation with Holly and Dave. Um, so, okay, so so let's say that, um, you know, this California t-shirt A wins um, that week's contest. It's the one everybody, you know, voted for. And now um, you're like, great, it's for sale. So how do you get everyone who is enthusiastic about design A to now go to the shop and buy it? Right. This is something we've experimented with a lot too. Uh, what we found works the best. So one of the things when we're doing the vote, we ask people to commit to the one that they like the most. And so we say, you know, here's design A, B, C, and D vote for the one you like the most. If you commit to buy. And when I say commit, I just mean, if you say in the comment, I will buy it. Yeah. Uh, then we count that as 10 votes to kind of, so if they're really serious about it, they really like it and they're, they think they're going to buy it. Um, we can, kind of give them extra votes. So the people that commit to a particular design, so let's say design B wins the vote, I'll go back through when we launch the pre-order and I'll tag everybody who committed to buy it uh, in the announcement post saying, here's design B, your design one, um, now available available. Now available for pre-order. So then that, that has helped a lot just to kind of remind people like, uh, this is the one you wanted. You said you were interested in buying it. Here it is. We don't hold anybody to it, but we have found it's been surprising that if they commit to buy, they buy. Mm, okay, that's fascinating. And then the is the link in your bio a special link of some kind? No, it just points right to the website. So whenever we finish a pre-order, I'll go and update our website and make the main banner image. Uh, you know, like here's the, the T-shirt that's being produced. I'll make the first product on the first page, you know, that pre-order product. So it's really easy to get to if they go to statelytype.com. And we always offer 20% during that pre-order window to kind of help drive people to, if you order during the pre-order, you'll for sure get it because it will, it's a pre-order, like you're getting it during the pre-order and you get a discount. So it helps to incentivize people. And we typically do two to three days on that pre-order window and uh, almost everybody Who's, right. who's going to buy buys during that window? We incentivize it with the discount and uh, and making it scarce so that it's short. Yeah. It's a short term. Right. I mean, right. we'd love for people to get like if you don't get it during the pre order, you might not ever get it because we don't always reproduce everything that sells out. Um, just simply because we don't want to have a warehouse full of t shirts sitting on shelves waiting to be purchased, and so we kind of need to move move things through while they're still relevant and not. Right. And also you're right. You're, you might not get your size too, right? right. Because, right. you know, you know, if you right. have, if you're a size medium and there's lots of people with mediums, then they right. could sell out in the regular inventory pretty quickly. Um, great. Okay. I mean, I think, just think that's interesting. And so what e-commerce platform are you using? Are you using Shopify or something else? We use Shopify. Okay. And are you happy with it? Are you, are you using any particular apps that sync with it or anything that you recommend um, or that you've learned about Shopify that you could, any tips that you could share? Um, Yeah. Overall, we love it. I mean, any platform is going to have little quirks and things that maybe you don't love, but I've, I've tried a few different platforms. I mean, I haven't touched anything else in years, but when we first started out, I tried a few, a few different platforms and, uh, Shopify is the one I love the most. Um, it, it's really robust and they're the, the extensions, the apps that you can add to it are, are great. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think there's an app called back in stock that we like a lot. Um, 
where if we run out of like say the California t-shirt the example that we're, that we're using if we run out of uh, the mediums it'll replace uh, the add to cart button with the button that says email me when available and then uh, customers or potential customers can say yeah I want a medium a medium California shirt can you let me know when it's, when it's available and then the app keeps track of uh, all those people. So that lets us know if and when we should reprint, like there's enough interest in this particular design that we should do another print of it. Nice. So you can see that on the back end, like 13 yeah. people have signed yeah. up for this. Right. right. And then it'll also, if we do reprint, we, we put a number of uh, items back in stock and then it automatically sends emails to right. everybody. Who, and then so they that, all, all those 13 people got an email right. and they can come right back at, at that moment and, and get, their, yeah. right. get their medium or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's a good one. Excellent. Um, good. Okay. So that, that seems like a, um, a good tip for people who are looking for a good add-on for their Shopify. Um, excellent. All right. Great. And then um, let's just hear a little bit more about um, Maker Valley. So it sounds like you were working along on, um, on stately type and mm-hmm. came up with this idea. Holly, you're, you're a quilter and, and love sewing. And so, right. um, maybe it was your, I'm imagining it was your input. You're like, Hey, let's do a, a quilting, um, theme for the week. Um, so talk about that and, and what that first design or set of designs was like. And then, um, uh, yeah. So, so, and, and kind of, uh, where you went from there to develop this secondary brand. Yeah. So it was actually Lisa Alexander at Moda Fabrics oh, yeah. who reached out to us and was like, Hey, would you guys want to do shirts for quilt market? Oh, fun. In collaboration with Moda, which was just basically like we designed it, we put their name on it as well as ours. And then uh, we sold it. We shipped, we sold everything. We shipped everything. We inventoried everything, you know? Um, and and what did so those shirts kind of, look like? What did those Moda so shirts that, say? Um, sew a needle pull, pulling thread was one of those that was really popular. Um, we had the no regrets with the crossed seam rippers. Oh, right. Um, and we had Maker. so hard or go home. Not that first time. Huh. Remember, it was so hard or go home that kind of looked like it kind of looks like a tattooed like style, right? Like, is that what the mm-hmm. style yeah. you yeah. call it? And then the last one was whip it good, which right. had to had to do because I grew up in the eighties and he doesn't <laughs> love good eighties music. So, um, those were the four designs and all four of them, like Dave said, like it did so well in that pre-order that we produced all four of them. And, um, they, they just, that's, we should have known <laughs> at that point, like, this is a good thing to, you know, spin it off. But like I said, we're a little slow. So it took us a little while to spin it off. We did a few more weeks um, under stately type, like the stately type umbrella that we're sewing slash quilting weeks before we spun off Maker Valley. And then, yeah. um, so since being able to, or since, since spinning off Maker Valley, it's been great. Like I said, we've been able to expand with more products that just that community cares about. Like other, you know, people who follow Dave and stately type don't necessarily like some of them will, but they don't necessarily care about sewing and quilting. And so it's been great to have a brand dedicated to it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. So, so Lisa Alexander, so she, um, she must have just followed Stately Type on Instagram for some reason and just thought the shirts were clever. Yeah. I had met her, um, at market. Okay. And, um, through, through, a, a, a my friend Camille Ross Kelly, who's a Moda designer. And, um, and so 
And she why was, why were, we were you going radar. why were you going to quilt market? Were you going to quilt market for another reason? Um, I just went with Camille one year. It was her mom had breast cancer and I said, Hey, I'll come with you and just hang out with you in your booth because her mom wasn't able to go. Okay. So, so you had met her and made mm-hmm. that connection, that relationship, and then and told her a little bit about what you and your husband were doing. Yeah, and she, I, you know, when we started, I, I, mean, I had started, I was quilting and stuff on my own, and so I had a number of quilting people that were following me, and and so when when Stately Type was born, they kind of like a lot of quilters and sewers, sewists followed us from the beginning, from the birth of Stately Type. Yeah, and so um, we they were just from your network, right? And so when I spun off Maker Valley, it was kind of. You know, it had been it had been growing and, and building up on its own. Okay, I see. And so you created these four very clever designs, and they, were they just for the Moda staff to wear, or were they also for sale to mm-hmm. like a broader audience at the same time? Yeah, I mean, we um, I we sold I think we sold some to Moda like at at cost for their designers, but it was yeah. for us to sell. It was just think- kind of like, hey, let's let's do this fun project together. But it was. Is mostly our thing, and I think they were asking for, "Can you just design some shirts for us to wear?" Mm-hmm. And when they ask us, we said yes, as long as we can also sell also them. sell them to a broader audience. And they were like, "That's fine." Which they were great with, yeah. Yeah, I mean, from their point of view, I think they were just looking at it as you know, a fun little kind of a marketing thing, right? Like, right. but for us, it was like, well. Let's turn it into more than that. Right. Totally clever on on their part, for sure. And neat that they allowed you to do that, too. Um, and it, for you guys, opened up a whole new brand. So, yeah. yeah so that's really good. And, and also kind of speaks to um, the benefit of saying yes sometimes, right? right. Like, right. I think sometimes, you know, people come to us with a collaboration or a new idea. And I know for me, at least at, at times, the impulse is to be like, no, <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, no, it's my company and I'm doing what I want to do. Um, right. But it, sometimes it's it's a good idea to just be like, well, yes, let's just try it. And yeah. um, and and, you know, sometimes it leads to something really great. Yeah, that, I think that's been one of our biggest lessons learned is like you, we don't know. We think we're really smart and we know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But we keep discovering over and over again that we don't know. <laughs> And we're not that smart. <laughs> we're not that smart. <laughs> so the best thing to do is just try a lot of things. And most of them are not going to work very well, but a few of them will. And a lot of times they're the ones that you wouldn't have expected would work. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I don't know. We, yeah. we love to experiment. Yeah. And I think one of the wonderful things about an e-commerce brand in particular is that ability to be nimble. Um, yeah. and to, to sort of try things, um, maybe a little bit more so than a, a brand that is more traditional brick and mortar. Right. Um, so, okay, great. So you started, um, this separate brand and I know that you are, um, you've launched a, a new website for it. So talk about sort of the need to differentiate the two and how you've gone about doing that, um, to really separate them and, um, and have them not be inter- intermingled as much. It's been kind of a struggle. Uh, we've gone back and forth with this over the last few years, actually, because we thought, oh, we should separate it. But we know that there is enough crossover of people buying both from both brands at the same time that we didn't want to make it harder for our customer, um, you know, or a, a frustrating experience. We wanted to keep it all under one roof. But overall, mo- for the most part, 
I think people probably come to our website and go, wait, what is this? There's like, <laughs> there's a California shirt here and then there's a hiking shirt here. And now there's, um, some sewing shirts here and there's, uh, like, I think if it was, if it, if we just did apparel, if we were just doing shirts, we would probably have right. left it all together. But with Maker Valley, there was such an opportunity and, and Holly's uh, audience is growing and and we started, you know, she started experimenting and selling things like fabric bundles and quilt kits and enamel pins and all, all that has sold really well and done really well. So we, we finally got to the point where we were like, we need to make this a great experience for for that audience. Instead of landing on our website and seeing a fabric bundle and a California shirt and a Christmas shirt, you know, like... We, we just want to give a dedicated experience to the quilting and sewing audience. So we just recently launched uh, a, a standalone website for Maker Valley. It's makervalleybrand.com. Um, that, that the idea behind it is like, yeah, let's, let's totally tailor this experience to the quilter, to the sewist. And in buying fabric wholesale for quilt kits, I have just accumulated too much fabric, <laughs> which is so surprising how it just multiplies. Of course. So quickly. But, um, <laughs> Like too much more than I can ever kit, and so I thought oh, I should I should offer yardage um, in some cases. Um, and I, at first, I didn't want to um, sell yardage because there's so many shops that already do it, and I felt like I was offering something different. And so, um, but like I said, I just I have too much fabric to get through to be able to <laughs> kit it all, and so um, that was another reason to. To, to break off to the own my own website so that I can put fabric in there and not have some of Dave's customers come over and go, wait, I'm just over here looking for, right. you know, the Disneyland t-shirts. So what am I doing looking at fabric? Bye. And, yeah. and leave the website. So right. yeah, yeah. It makes it more distinctive. And Holly, have you done any shows, for example, like I um, have been to QuiltCon and I know I've actually bought t-shirts from a different company that, yeah. you know, also does sewing theme t-shirts at QuiltCon. Mm -hmm. um, and I know they were, you know, they were doing very well there. And um, yeah. I, I do realize you guys are um, very much an e-commerce online business and with the collaborative model, especially with Stately Type, it, it that's where it really works. Um, so I wasn't sure if doing a show or, or doing wholesale even was something you had played with or tried or considered, or if that's really not, you know, the direction you wanted to go in? We've definitely considered um, both of those things over the years. I know, um, I, I know Patrick Threads has done QuiltCon, and I haven't, I haven't really seen anyone at Quilt Market, and maybe I just haven't seen anyone selling t-shirts at Quilt Market, like dedicated just for t-shirts. Um, and I know, I, I'm sure it would do really well, but up until July of 2018, Dave was working a full-time job before he, he quit to come on. Yeah, to we're going to talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and so we just couldn't with him working full-time and having four kids and then trying to juggle um, the, the business on the side. And, and um, it is something that I we think about every once in a while. We did actually take it to the Pinners Conference thinking, oh, that might be a good fit. And it it wasn't quite a good fit. It was, it was some creative people, but a lot of people just wanting to, it was um, a different audience. Yeah. It wasn't quite the right audience. So I know QuiltCon or quilt market would be great, but at the same time we, we don't offer t-shirts wholesale. Um, and so that, that kind of stops me from doing it because I know, especially at quilt market, it's so that's, many shops that are there. That's that what are, they're going to want. Right. Right. And so, um, 
we've hesitated to do it. Just there's only two of us. <laughs> and it's so it's a lot of inventory with all the different designs and all the different um, cuts and sizes to to have to bring along. So it's just kind of it's been overwhelming to think of, and you know, and with everything else we have going on, it's like uh, we're, I just can't. You know, yeah, I can see it working with, I agree with you that it does seem overwhelming. And also I, I agree with you with the overwhelming nature of travel and just, <laughs> I think people underestimate sometimes what it really means to be away from your family. It's hard. Um, right. and, yeah, right. uh, at least the, the way that I parent, it's really difficult to be away. Um, but right. be that as it may, um, uh, I could see you know, it, it being worthwhile doing with just almost like a curated selection of just t-shirts, you know, or maybe just t-shirts and a few enamel pins. And so that there's a lower price point item or something like that. Um, that's sort of near the register kind of, you know, like that kind of thing, but just, just maybe like a smaller number and, um, and yeah. And, 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 and that way it's not so, so overwhelming. And I think, um, I think you would do super well and make it make it worth your while and just at QuiltCon so that you ha- didn't have any right. wholesale and any, I, you know, anyone getting the wrong idea about what you wanted. Yeah, I know. I did think QuiltCon yeah. would be a big fit. And I had, I've only gone to it once and that was in Pasadena last year, but then it was the last year in Pasadena. And so I was like, well, oh, Pasadena is totally doable for us because we're just in Utah. That's not, that's like a 10 hour drive. But now that it's on, where was it last this right, year? Right, it bounces back and forth, um, right? That's so it's helpful. like Austin and then, yeah, and then it's in, um, it goes East Coast and West Coast. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it bounces around. Yeah. We'll just yeah. have to figure it out. But I would I would love to do it one, one year. I think it would be a lot of fun and I do think it would do well. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So maybe in the future, you know, I always yeah. say like life has seasons right. and I'm in this season of, sure. of, of, you know, younger children, but time, time yeah. will change and, you know, yeah, there will be time for other things. And so, um, I wanted to talk a little, speaking of your kids, um, I wanted to talk about, um, you have these, fun videos that you post periodically on your Instagram feed that I noticed these like shipping parties and you talked briefly earlier about recruiting your kids um, to help you pack and ship so basically what you do is you kind of it seems like you set up uh, the the phone um, maybe like on a tripod or on a table or something Mm -hmm. like that and you just press um, you know record on the video and uh, and then speed it up later but it's basically your kids um, and you just packing and shipping like like hundreds of orders. Right. Um, so um, I'm wondering what purpose you feel like those shipping party videos serve, like when you post them, what are they telling your audience? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I I love to do that. Well, one, I love to bring my kids into the process because like when I was a kid, my dad uh, would buy calves in the summer, like baby cows, calves, and uh, he would have me feed the calves throughout the summer. You had to have to wake up every morning and, and feed them. And I kind of had to keep an eye on them and, and take care of everything, make sure that everything was, was okay. And then at the end of the summer, he would, he would sell them. And the only reason why he did it, I didn't realize this at the time, but the only reason why he did it is so that I would have something that was my responsibility, that was hard, that I had to get up early, like I had to work. And um, I... I just have always remembered that. And I, I wanted something like that for my kids and we're, you know, I'm not going to buy calves, <laughs> but, um, I, I just love the idea of having a family farm of uh, a family business, something where the, the kids get in and they learn how to work and they learn how to have a job and they learn how to be responsible. And, um, 
so that's that's why we bring the kids into the process. Um, sometimes, like if we if I didn't care about that aspect of it, we'd probably just do all the work ourselves. Right, because sometimes it would be so much easier to not have them <laughs> quote unquote help. Us. Right. Um, <clears throat> as as far as your question about like why I post those videos, the, I think the main reason why we do it is I everybody online I sometimes it feels like they have the expectation that every business is Amazon like. Every business is this mega business that, you know, like it, you should respond to my email within the hour. You should you should ship my order, you know, within the hour of, of me ordering it. And I just want to show people like this is a family business. We're we're, we're trying. But sometimes it's going to take us a little while mm-hmm. to 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 get things done. Right. Like I, I just want people to understand what's really going on behind the scenes. And I do think it connects that connects us and our customers to one another because yeah. And see like, oh, this is a family. This is their livelihood. Like their orders, you know, yeah. they they pay for violin lessons and for right. you know, electricity. <laughs> right. That kind of thing. And so it it does I, I feel because when I have that connection with people who I uh, companies that I love and support too, I feel, you know, endeared to them a little bit more. And but there it just is so important in this day and age, I feel, to remind people that People are real. That we are real. Business, small businesses, small businesses are really businesses just are people. People. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's that's a great point. And Dave, where did you grow up that you had these calves? <laughs> um, my when I was a kid, my dad worked for the U.S. government, and so he got transferred around quite a bit. So I, I grew up all over the place. Um, but the I was in Nevada uh, during that period where he, he was buying the and making the raise. Nevada. That, yeah, Fallon, Nevada. Wow. So we had we had a big five acre um, kind of plot of land. So we had a lot of space for that. Nice. Okay. And Holly, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in <clears throat> mostly in Southern California in Anaheim, and then um, we moved to Northern California my junior year of high school, which was super fun. But um, <laughs> it actually turned out to be great. I met I made lifelong friends there. But so both I claim Southern and Northern California. But then I moved here to Utah when I was. 23 and so and have been here ever since so utah's home too and how did you two meet we met here in utah at brigham young university we're both college students okay got it and um and did you um or did did this company have a kickstarter way back when was that Mm -hmm. the beginning or that was the beginning yeah so that was october of 2013 yeah that was before we launched the website I, the original idea was just I drew a, uh, a map of the United States where each state was was like a hand-lettered uh, name of the state, kind of lettered to fit the shape of the state. Um, and so we were just going to produce – we wanted to letterpress print a bunch of kind of big posters with that design. And as almost as an afterthought, we were like, oh, we should do individual state T-shirts, too. Well, and this is kind of where like the Instagram audience having a voice came into play because Dave was drawing this just kind of for fun one night and was posting um, little by little onto his Instagram feed and people were really liking it. And then we were like, hey, we should do something with this. And yeah. we were really into the idea of it being a, this really cool letterpress print, which it was. But then um, Dave's always been like a t-shirt aficionado and connoisseur. <laughs> and so he mocked up a few t-shirts with just the individual states and those were really popular. So then we were like, Oh, we should do two Kickstarter camp. This is to prove how 
sometimes we're not super smart because we were like, let's do one Kickstarter for t-shirts and one Kickstarter for letterpress prints. And then we had a few friends who had done some Kickstarter campaigns and they kind of helped us, um, consolidate, (laughs) right. To just one, one campaign where we had a few different products and that was, uh, we jumped in the deep end without knowing how to swim on that one, but it was fun at the same time. And did it get funded? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, I just wanted to make sure it was a good enough idea for like if because I started thinking about like we should launch a we should do e-commerce we should sell this, but I didn't want to do it if it wasn't if they weren't going to sell. So part of the reason why we did the Kickstarter was like a proof of concept. Like, is there enough interest around this? If we can fund this amount, then uh, then we'll move forward with it. Okay. And one of the biggest things we learned is that the the print sold well, but the T-shirts sold much 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 more so and that's kind of where the stately type came from with where it being state um themes and then you know typography and so um and why like at the beginning of it we we kept focusing on locations it was like give us a city state or country that you want us to make designs for for the week and and so we did that for quite a while before we're branching off into some some niche we've moved away, away from that because they don't they sell okay but um it, the the topics that sell much um, more are either broad, like you know we're going to do a Christmas shirt or a Fourth like of July reading, shirt. Reading week we did that did really well. Or yeah, like Holly's saying, like a focus on a, a niche, a niche. Um, you know, runners, readers, sewists, quilters, things like that. Something's like identity related. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that was, um, that was sort of the very, um, beginning and Dave, you held on to your day job for a long time. Um, yeah. And what was your day job? Um, so I was working as a creative director. Um, my whole career, I, I've been working as a graphic designer and a, a product designer, like user experience designer. Um, so at that time I was working as the creative director of a technology company called Workfront. And I was there for about six years in that position, and it was it coincided with Stately Type, and then uh, I quit. It's going to be two years in July, June or July. July. I think it was June. It was like the end of June. Okay, and um, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the the plan that you made? before you left. So I think a lot of people um, have, <laughs> have this dream, or maybe there was no plan, but have this dream to have their spouse join them in their business. Um, right. And um, I recently was just talking to somebody who who just did this. But, um, but, you know, the the a lot of what holds people back, especially is is health insurance. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times the creative business owner is, um, is not the, the, the person who is providing health insurance. In fact, the family is on the person, the other person, the other partner who has right. the day jobs, health insurance. And, and that just becomes especially important once you have kids, um, and when, once you have four kids. So, right. um, so yeah. So, you know, talk a little bit about that reality and, and how you dealt with it. It's tough. Um, I, I put off quitting for a long time, um, because of that. I mean, you know, cash flow, being, growing the business to be big enough to be able to support us was, was one thing, but then even more than that, the health insurance was, was huge. Um, we, in the end, like we just finally got to a point where we said, we're never going to be totally quote unquote ready. ready. Um, 
that it was funny one day we were talking about this and I I jumped on my phone on Instagram for something and I can't remember who posted it but somebody posted a quote that said uh, it's the, you've probably heard this a version of this quote before but basically it said jump off the cliff and build build your wings on the way down um, and I I read that and it was like because we had just been talking about it I just had this kind of <laughs> I don't know, almost like a spiritual experience where I was like, I felt it in my bones of like, if, if I keep waiting to be ready, I'll never quit. Like I'll never quit my day job because we'll never be ready. And so I finally got to that point where I just said, I'm going to do it and maybe we're going to crash and burn and I'm going to have to, and worst case scenario is I'll go back I'll and I'll, job, I'll get another right? job. And, um, I think in the end, that's what you have to do. I'm, I'm not recommending that you you know, quit before you have anything built up before you have a business, right? Like, I don't think that's a good idea. I, but I do think as soon as it gets to the point where it's feasible, I recommend doing it, at least trying it, right? Like I, I might still go back and get a job like and that wouldn't be the end of the world, but I would, I will have always, I would have always regretted not doing this. So I, I'm so glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. So it's been two years now and um, and you're saying like, yeah, you feel like it was the right decision. And then, but you have the humility to say like, if I need to, I will go get another job. And, yeah, sure. you know, that might be a stint for a while and I'll come back or it might be right. forever or whatever. But, yeah. um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's realistic, you know, that's good to hear. Um, and, uh, and has, as far as the business's growth, has it been a straight upward trajectory from the start <laughs> or have there been dips been or plateaus or it's been straight, it's been straight, just not, not Terrible. vertical. <laughs> um, yeah, like that's one of the things we struggle with the most is is growing our audience and growing the business. Like we do really well with the people who know about us. We they're really into it and they they sell. I mean, they buy repeatedly, right? Like we have really loyal customers. But growth has been something that we've we've struggled with. Um, Maker Valley grows, yeah, but Staley Type hasn't grown for a number of years. Yeah, and I think in part because it's just kind of this hodgepodge of right there's no audience there's no specific niche for it if we've learned one lesson it is uh have you heard the riches are in the niches oh i like that oh gosh no i haven't heard that but that's great it's so true um it's so much easier to sell Mm -hmm. to an audience that is defined and that like you mentioned earlier that is an identity-based audience right um because I think a lot of people shy away from it because they feel like it's not big enough. Like a a niche or a niche is inherently smaller, right? But like it's so much easier to speak their language and to provide them a product that nobody else is giving them. Um, So, yeah, like and I think when I look to our struggle, when I think about our struggle to grow stately type, that's the biggest reason for me is like we don't really have a niche for that. There's no there's not one audience for it. but with Maker Valley, there is, and that's where our growth has been. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point. And I agree with you that it is a struggle. In fact, the last episode of this podcast, I spoke to a woman who designs lingerie patterns, lingerie sewing patterns, mm-hmm. which you might think is extremely niche. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we talked about was, you know, is this like a, a very small hole to be in um, that, you know, sort of prevents your growth? And and her feeling was like, absolutely not. Like, this is a great mm-hmm. place yeah. to be. Um, right. You yeah. know, I can expand into robes and into swimwear. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, there's plenty to do right, right. here. Yeah. Right. So... Um, yeah, super interesting that the, the riches are in the niches. <laughs> that's a t-shirt right there. Um, that's great. So, um, okay. I would love to get to your recommendations if that's okay, because you've got some yeah. really good ones. And actually your first one is, um, uh, apropos of what's going on in the world situation right now. And I think I need to head over to Amazon, although boy, those Amazon deliveries are delayed. Um, <laughs> I found out recently when I just ordered something and actually we just put together a thousand piece puzzle of, um, oh. the periodic table. My middle daughter's really into oh science. Yeah. It took us two days, which tells you something yeah. about, um, our activity schedule anyway. And we ordered some <laughs> puzzle glue so we could glue the puzzle together and put it up uh-huh. on her wall. And, um, that Amazon prime delivery is now like five days out. So, <laughs> but anyway, you wanted to recommend, um, a way to get outside while we are all isolated. And that is through, um, some scooters. So tell us about these scooters. <laughs> yeah, we we've got friends in California, and every time we go out there, we our kids just have so much fun because they have these kick scooters. They're, you know, the razor scooters, yeah. but they're they're not the little ones. They there's a bigger size with bigger wheels. I think it's called the Razor A5, um, and it's it's good for kids, but it's also good for adults. And I they, kept looking for Dave. We were just down there at the beginning of May, March, and uh, I kept looking for Dave, and they he was off scootering with all the little kids. Yeah. So <laughs> that's great because we do have razor scooters, but they're too small for, you know, yeah. yeah, they're not adult size. So I didn't know they came in these big size. That's good. Yeah. Um, it, and we just we just love it. It's just a nice way to, you know, like if you try to sell the kids on let's all go for a family walk, they're not super excited about that. But if you tell them, hey, let's go grab the scooters and cruise around the neighborhood, they, they love it. Yeah, that's cool. I, that's really cool. Okay, I'm going to take a look at these. They're the A, you said they're the A5 Lux. A5, I think. Yeah, Lux, Razor yeah. scooters. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and then, but you and Holly like to go walking together in the neighborhood. We do, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we live close to a canyon too, so um, we'll also hike sometimes. Um, in the summer. In the summertime. In the wintertime too. We've done some snowshoeing, but it's just so good for our brains to be outside. We just need the fresh air. When the sun's out, it's great to get that vitamin D. And it's really good. I love it because it gives us this, like, we're not on our phones. We're not distracted by anything at the house or by a kid. Like, it just gives us a really good one-on-one time to yeah. to talk. and. Yeah, we kind of use it as our daily stand-up. It's, it's our meeting <laughs> at the beginning of the day where we're kind of, here's what we're doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what you're doing. Like, uh yeah, just well, we can talk about our kids without them hearing. Right. <laughs> yeah, always a good thing for sure. Um, and what are your kids doing while you're out walking? Um, Who knows? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's always my attitude. Who we, knows? We like to walk in the morning, so a lot of times they're you know they're getting up, they're getting breakfast, they're yeah studying on their on their homeschool work. Right. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and I just downloaded this too for my oldest daughter, um, the Headspace app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love it. We swear by it. Um, I, I started to get into meditation 
how long has it been? It's been a long time. Maybe two Dave's years? Dave's been telling me forever, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And then I finally did it back in December, January. Um, and I I had a pretty rough December, just a lot of different things going on and um, just kind of feeling like depression kind of seeping in and and um anyway i i started doing meditation and i just, i told dave how come you haven't told me to do this before uh because he's been telling me for like two years <laughs> <laughs> but it's been so good and i'm still just on the basics i'll just do the free 10 the 10 free sessions that they give you with basics and then once i'm done with it i just start over and and start over and so um it's especially right now with everything going on in my brain about the uncertainty of life and the world and and everything it's really good to ha- take this break and just to breathe and just <laughs> settle settle my brain down yeah yeah that's great and dave do you have the paid version of it i do yeah mm-hmm. and you find that to be worthwhile yeah i i love it i need we need to get you on the on the paid version yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. we'll do it with our kids we'll try we try to do that with do it with them at night. Um, we'll just do a three-minute, yeah. really quick meditation. Some are more receptive than others, but we'll get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Holly and Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you. Well, same. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. Thank you. And you've been listening to the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today's episode was brought to you by Troll Brothers Quilt Designs. Find Troll Brothers Quilt Designs on Instagram at Troll Brothers Quilt Mama. Stacy invites you to go check out the shop and to get your retail therapy started. Use that promo code PODCAST15 for 15% off your order. And for U.S. shoppers, this equates to approximately 60% off the regular price after the difference in the U.S. exchange rate. Remember, the offer expires on April 13th, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. PST. So go start shopping and the discount applies to all regular price fabrics, notions, patterns, bundles, quilt kits, pre-cuts, and curated bundles. Thank you so much, Troll Brothers Quilt Designs. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals. And when you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.